What's up, everyone? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lattes with Lindsay. I have an amazing new guest. Her name is Nardine Oaks, and she is a strength conditioning coach. And she's really going to dive into what the profession is and how you can get involved, or if you're interested in pursuing it, you can get right started with her very own program, potentially the Strong Rider. So, <laughs> Nardine, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I've been looking forward to it all week. So, thank you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yes. So, we are so excited to hear what you have to say and, and we would love to just get to know you. So, let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah, I guess uh, first things first, I should probably, if you can't work out by uh, my accent, that I'm not Canadian. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm uh, from New Zealand and I've been in Canada for nearly three years. So it'll be three years in August. Um, So I just became a permanent resident in January. So what, what? means I can hang around a little bit longer in Canada, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so I obviously from New Zealand, uh, grew up in a little town called Stratford, which is funny because there's a Stratford here and I lived very near it when I first moved to uh, <laughs> Canada and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> also a small town. Um, I did have to clarify whenever people ask me where I'm from that I'm not from Justin Bieber's town um, and that I'm from my own town (laughs) in New Zealand. (laughs) These people get really excited. I'm like, no, no, wrong country. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Wrong country. Wrong country. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I wish Justin Bieber was from my town. I don't know. (laughs) I know, right? You'll get the Bieber fever. Look out. Yeah. But yeah, so um, being a strength and conditioning coach for 18 years now, um, which is crazy to think about that that's how long ago I started my career um, when I was still in university in New Zealand. And um, from the writing point of view, I've been a writer my whole entire life. Um, earliest memory is sitting on a horse and my dad chucking me on a horse and being like, you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of health and safety rules back there. <laughs> um, All those protocols. <laughs> I'm on the horse set, she'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of, uh, I guess a little bit uh, about my background or like me as a strength and conditioning coach. So yeah. Yes, and don't forget the university part. That's my oh, favorite. Yeah. Um, Amazing. So here in, in uh, Canada, um, so I work at the University of Toronto. So I've been there nearly two and a half years. So it was two years in February. Feels so much longer than that. Um, very lucky for that opportunity. Um, timing definitely was in my, in my favor that there just happened to be an opening when, um, I connected with the the manager at, at University of Toronto. So, um, I work with the men's hockey team, um, which is very cool. I was like, wow, this is a a lot of trust they're putting the person who knows nothing <laughs> about ice hockey <laughs> with uh, one of our main teams so no pressure no pressure on the new girl um but I guess at the same time um in all honesty it was one of like the best feelings of my career to have that trust in my expertise um 
and that they were, you know, when I met with the hockey coaches, they were like, yeah, like if he says you're good, you're good, you know, and he, he said you're good. So we don't have any issues, you know. So I thought that was like huge because, um, you know, not everyone's open and, you know, these hockey coaches didn't know me. And, you know, yes, I did come from at that time, you know, 16 years experience and have a great, you know, resume and everything like that. But, you know, ultimately I'm from New Zealand and we do play ice hockey there, just like to clarify that. Um, but I knew nothing, you know, I was like, I don't know if I've ever been on like a ice rink before in my life. Um, yes. so it was a pretty cool feeling that they trusted me, um, with one of our big teams, um, at the university. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I worked with the women's basketball team, um, which love those girls. Um, and I worked with the men's and women's rugby team. Um, which, you know, no surprises that they did put the Kiwi <laughs> with, with rugby. Um, but at the same time, it, of course, you know, like a huge part of my career in New Zealand was working with rugby. Um, and then I'm very fortunate enough to um, work with an Olympic track athlete through U the University of Toronto, Marissa. Um, so she's a Canadian para sprint athlete. So I've been working with her pretty much from the, the the start of my time there as as well so um yeah we have a lot of fun together um we have a great relationship and um yeah things are going really well in that department as well apart from obviously the olympics being uh postponed like that obviously oh, changed, yes. changed all our planning um but you know like everything yeah and like everybody else we've adapted to uh our Zoom coaching sessions and, and stuff <laughs> like that. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm very lucky to, to work with her as well. So, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. The, the whole COVID, my goodness, this pandemic has mm -hmm. really affected so many things. You know, I, I know a lot of people are getting married this year or, yeah. you know, the Olympics. There are so many things that have been mm -hmm. really affected, even graduates. Like I, oh, I feel yeah. for them beyond words so yeah it, it is I can't even imagine how she's feeling right now that's that's a that's a tough yeah that's a tough thing yeah um, and I think there's camp. also like you know like they've postponed it but is it is it really I think they had to do that <laughs> but yeah. you know because it was a pressure to not cancel it but you know I will believe it when I see it when we actually have the Olympics next year um so you know I think we have to see what unfolds in the next six months in terms of COVID and any like waves and relapses and things like that. But, you know, it's a lot of yeah. people in one place um, from all over. Oh the my gosh. So, I know, um, I know. We, we shall see, but yeah, it's crazy. Some of the stuff, you know, uh, two of my closest friends here in Canada, uh, they had to cancel their wedding. Um, so they, they got married still together with two witnesses uh, at a hotel um, anyway, and got it done and, and stuff. But um, yeah, I was supposed to be back in New Zealand for a month, so that trip got cancelled. So yeah, uh, let us stink things happen due to COVID. <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, you know what? I find that there are so a lot of negatives for sure that have been mm -hmm. happening. Um, but definitely I find that there's been a lot of people saying that they've really improved their self-care mm -hmm. and done things that they thought that, you know, they never had time for 100%. or, you know, 
yeah, like finding new hobbies or whatever it is. I, mm. I know that the trend was definitely cooking. My goodness, everyone was cooking bread. Like it was just, <laughs> it was such a weird trend. But anyways. Yeah. But no, like, it, it is really true. You know, <laughs> like I think like you think you have good days and bad days. Um, and I think it's easy to go down the rabbit hole of negativity. But, you know, I had this conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago who was down the rabbit hole. And, you know, like, and I just sort of said to her, I was like, you know, like, like take a step back and you think about actually how many like amazing cool things are happening this year, you know, like, and listed them off to her and she was just like, wow. She did ask me if I'd been drinking. I said, no, (laughs) like (laughs) profound thought just came out like from me, (laughs) no influence, but I was like, even for myself, I'm like, I launched the strong rider this year. Like, can't be mad at that. You know, I'm so happy I did it. Did I launch it just before the pandemic? Yeah, but like, you know, like these, I'm, there's so many cool things that have happened, you know, so it's just exactly just looking at those, you know, keeping them in the, the forefront. So. Absolutely. Well, and that's the only thing you can do. You have to, you know, stay positive and motivated and, mm-hmm. you know, what motivated you 18 years ago to go into strength conditioning? Like what made you choose that profession? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've played sport my whole entire life um you know being competitive I played representative sport like all through high school um and so it just seemed like the natural fit that I would then study physical education um and when I got to university you know I I never for whatever reason I like you know everyone kind of was like oh you're going to become a PE teacher and I was like no (laughs) like I didn't like high school. It was not <laughs> enjoyable for me. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> and they were like, oh. Um, and so I just knew, though, how much love I did get from sport. Um, and so kind of in my first year, um, you know, like through learning and doing different things, I was just like, and I just love being with sport. Like I was playing sport down there as well, uh, still competing with representatives um, that year. And I think in like that just kind of, I was, I don't know where, where that defining moment was, but I just was like, I want to work in sport. Like I want to do this, you know? And so one of my best memories uh, and stories that I always tell is that I, in my second year, I went to like our head of department um, and sat down in his office and he was like, how can I help you Nadine? And, and I was just like, I want to be the first female all black trainer. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, okay. All right. All right. And he was like, right. And I was like, yeah. So like, what can you do to help me? (laughs) He was like, how about we start with like Otago, you know, (laughs) and then we can work. And I was like, yeah, like I'm open to that. Sure. Like that's, that's a fear comeback, you know, like, all right, I'm happy. Let's, let's look at Otago. And he was like, all right, let me make some calls. Like I'll, I'll get back to you. So I was like, okay. Um, and so that's how I started working with the Otago Rugby Academy um, and the Highlanders, so the Super Rugby team. Um, and, you know, I try to balance playing sport and doing that. And then um, I used to, I played representative touch rugby my, my whole entire life. And um, I had a friend in class who convinced me that I should play rugby. So most people just assumed I'd played a lot of rugby. And she was like, it's just like touch. You'll be fine. <laughs> Not just like touch, because touch, you touch people, you don't hit them. <laughs> so um, 
I managed to play for two years and was like, you know what, Sarah, like I appreciate the family of sisters I've now got, but I'm rather be on the sideline, like helping you guys become better at rugby than getting my ass (laughs) weak. So she was like, I'm I'm little, like, like, it hurts. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, just don't get the joy. I mean, I love scoring tries. That's fun. But like the other parts, like that just hurts a lot. Oh so, my God. Yeah. I ended Even up watching it now. It's yeah. like, if you watch yeah, someone get brutal. rucked over, you're like, please God, just oh, stand up. Like, I know. Please get up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I ended up like working with that team as well as I flipped roles. So I started working, training the club, like teams that I had played for and, And then it kind of just like grew from there. And, you know, um, there's been many a time though uh, in my career where I've kind of been like, man, is it worth it? (laughs) Like, you know, like where I feel very privileged to have been doing it for 18 years. Um, But, you know, like it is a tough industry and it is a tough industry as a woman. you know, like, I, I don't talk about that often <laughs> for whatever reason, um, but it's a tough industry. And, you know, there's a lot of people wanting to be strength and conditioning coaches now. So the competition, like, I feel almost lucky that I'm where I am now because, you know, like the, the competition for these young ones coming out right now, like, it is hot, you know. Um, it's insane it's yeah you know and like the financial burden as well like I is it's just phenomenal you know what they're expected to do um and then you have the flip side so you have like those that have like realized that what it's really about and then those who are just like want to go straight to the top come graduate university and be like I just want to be the lead and I'm like yo reality check here buddy like how about you go and get some experience and um and then come back to me rather than you thinking you know it all like you got to go yep. put in your work and often when I talk to other SNC coaches closer to my age we talk about that like the grind like the free hours that we did and these young SNCs coming through being like what well, how much are you going to pay me though you know, and like, yeah, I'm available. Yes. Like, um, <laughs> I have yeah. three jobs trying to like, well, volunteering experience, you know, and like, I think there's this, this new wave of essences coming out who just have no idea. And I'm like, all right, like, you know, some will be successful and get straight through and, and others are going to end up probably not being strength and conditioning coaches because they don't, have the stickability or aren't prepared to put in that, that hard work. It, it is tough to have that conversation with uh, new graduates because I find always, like even when I'm doing school presentations, they say, how do I get to the Olympics? Yeah. And I said, I, I always say time. And they get so mad because they're like, no, like you, like, you know, I'd like to get there. It's in four years, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's time. <laughs> Like you act Sorry, like that you makes know, me laugh no so much. I'm like, yeah, okay, me too. I want to go to the Olympics right? as well, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I have the. I think I honestly have that conversation, like every single school presentation I do, actually. Like, yeah. and then they message me after and email me and they say, "How do I get to the top?" And I mm-hmm. said, "Connections, 
time and volunteering. I said, volunteering, you have no idea the people that you would meet at these events. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you may think, okay, it's super dumb. I'm wasting my time. I'm not getting paid. But on your resume, you just took 10 steps forward and have, you know, maybe one or two new connections. And that is how you get successful and build your rapport with people and experience and Mm -hmm. Oh, I I am so glad you said that. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and even, you know, like, you know, I had this conversation with Mary and uh, our our mutual friend. And because when um, last year, when I helped out with Canada basketball, you know, as a volunteer, here I am, you know, 18 years experience volunteering my time. But I was like, they don't know me. Like, they don't know my background. They don't know that I work with professional basketball teams in New Zealand. Like, they don't know me. You know, they're just like, who's the random new girl? What's her weird accent? Like, where's she from? Like, you know, who do you what is? Where is she from? Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't understand what she's actually saying. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I did that first camp and got invited back to another camp, you know, people were like, all right, she's cool. Like, she's all right, you know, seems to know what she's talking about. And, you know, that's huge. I can put that on my resume and say that I've done some work with Canada basketball now, you know, like that's a foot up still in my CV. We're constantly still having to evolve. And, you know, even working with lacrosse, it was a new sport for me. And, you know, having that debate backwards and forwards with Mary as well. And I'd be like, oh, this kind of kills me a little bit inside my value. And then you're just like, but all right, like the, the trade-off. And I'm seeing that trade-off now, you know, that loyalty yes. is coming back now. And, and that's, that's what I think some of these guys just, um, you know, girls, guys and girls, um, you know, people, <laughs> people everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't like realize you know is that stuff yeah. like you don't just get to the top and you're like sweet like I don't think I'll ever be like yeah man like I'm at the top like <laughs> worship I made it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know like when I'm completely my own boss you know maybe then I'll say that to myself in the mirror and be like yeah girl <laughs> crushing it but you know like I think that it's just what they don't seem to understand and I've seen that working at the university with some of the interns we've had and, you know, and I'd get so frustrated and they, you know, I'd have these conversations with my boss and he'd be like, well, I can't get it. And I'm like, now day, you know, and he's like, I know. And I'm like, I just like, I find like, I don't know how to like help this person because I'm like, they're so lazy, (laughs) you know, I don't understand, you know. Um, and that's and yeah. and you can't I, sometimes you just can't convince them like yeah. I like how I met Joelle uh, and Mary like I was able to do the parigenics with Matt Nickel and you know my first year with him I volunteered mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people knew that at the camp but I was so honored to be there and get educated and and be a sponge with all these amazing mm-hmm. professionals and um I definitely pick Joelle and Mary's brain all the time when they would be doing acupuncture or treatments. Mm But, you know, those two connections, I mean, one, I got to meet you, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, the second is just being able to contact them later down the road and say, hey, you know, I need a therapist who lives in Orangeville Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm looking for this, this and this for them to get work done on and you refer them there. And 
like that in itself is progression or yeah. you know, just do your research while you're in school, you yeah. know, before you graduate and say, okay, if I want to get to all these games, how the heck do I do it? And yeah. nine times out of 10, you have to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And then once you build that rapport with that team or, um, you know, possibly the manager of the team, then who knows? You yeah. may have that connection. So, yeah. you know, going through your journey with, with moving to Canada, was it a smooth transition in regards to your protocols there versus in Canada or were they very much the same? Um, they, they were different, definitely. Um, but I would almost say that it is very unique to U of T. Um, so University of Toronto has a very, not unique, but like a different way of training compared to, I think, other, like pretty much anyone outside of us because, um, you know, like I had to adjust my programming, you know, a, a bit when we got there. Um, you know, exercises I'd used in the past, they were like, no, like we don't, we don't use those exercises here. Um so that took, you know, a different way, I guess just a way, different way of thinking about things, you know. Um, I still have learned, I've learned a ton from working there, like incredible amounts. So I'm so lucky, you know, because it's just evolved as well. Like it's evolved my coaching, it's evolved my programming and got me to think outside the square and, you know, like, yeah, you know, these similar, like the core is there, but they do have some unique things that they do differently to, I think, a lot of other universities. Um, and we had that discussion as a team all the time about the fact of where we're going right now on our journey, um, but being aware that other people might be like, well, like, what are you guys talking about there? Um, <laughs> you know, um, but I think all we're trying to do is like simplify things a little bit more. Um, so no, like, I don't think it was huge. I mean, ultimately everyone was really welcoming to like my views and stuff. So initially when I first started working at UFT, um, it was in like a bit of a consultancy role where I came in and I spent time with the staff, observing the staff, watching how they coach, you know, and doing a bit of professional development for, um, for the staff so kind of stepping back and you know I don't think I'd really sort of had that in a really long time and someone who's coming from a completely different background but also you know I've worked for high performance sport New Zealand so you know it, we pride ourselves at UFT about being high performance so you know I kind of came from that background and I was like here are some just like some little things you know um that I guess, you know, they hadn't really thought about, you know, nothing like major stuff like, you know, why don't we make the athletes wipe their benches down? And they're like, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> that would not roll in my gym. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and they're like, well, we just hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, we should, like, we should, I, I'm not their mum. Like, I'm not picking up after them. Like, they can clean That's their bench down. Look how gross and sweaty they are. Like, they at that age, down, you are right? grown. You are grown yeah. and you should hold your own. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. So why, you know, why would someone choose a strength conditioning coach other than the aspect of needing to strengthen, obviously, but you know, why would they go directly to specifically a strength conditioning coach? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question. Um, and I'm trying to think how to tactfully like talk about that topic versus like 
um, other people who could offer similar services. Um, I think when you, you know, definitely a strength and conditioning coach is predominantly for athletes. Um, you know, we're not general pop and um, we might work a little bit, but generally speaking, like I haven't worked in a public gym. My first year out of university, I worked for two years in a public gym and I haven't worked in one since, you know, so that's a while ago. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, I don't teach group fitness, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, so in terms of a strength and conditioning coach, again, um, generally speaking, they've got a degree. Um, most have got a degree. Uh, they've specialized in working with athletes and understanding the demands that they need and the um, individualization that's required um, while still understanding the demands of the overall sport and like their role within that sport. Um, so, you know, um, I think that there's that um, and injury prevention, you know, um, is, a, is a huge part of it, you know, mm. like I um, just picked up a new client yesterday, um, 14 year old girl, uh, lacrosse player. And, you know, like the reason her mum wants me to work with her is because she's like, you know, these kids are coming back from the States with multiple ACLs multiple MCLs, you know, and she was like, I just don't want that to happen to my daughter. And I was like, yeah, you shouldn't be 14 and have an ACL, like, <laughs> you know, like, yes. um, oh, God. it's not ideal. So like, unless you did something really like crazy to do it, but like, you know, um, I think people just understanding like that value of feeling good, you know, yeah like so many of my clients that I work with right now and my athletes I work with, like the biggest thing is being like reducing pain. Like, and like it's, it blows my mind how many people just accept the pain that they are in. And I'm like, you're 14. Yes. You should be able to go for a run and it not hurt you. You're 14. Like mm -hmm. I'm 38. <laughs> like, I can, like, I can still run, you know, like you're 14, you should be able to just go for a run for fun and it not hurt you or like hurt your back. Um, or like the riders I work with who have just been in pain this whole time. I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. You shouldn't hop off your horse and feel like someone's hit both your knees with a baseball bat. Like that's, that's not oh. like, you know, but they're just like, they don't know any different and it just blows my mind how many athletes have just like go through life and their sport just accepting the pain that they're in. I'm like, sure, you can feel beat up the day yeah. after you played your game. Um, that's totally normal, but like day to day, you shouldn't be in pain. So, you know, well, huge. especially at that age, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of, it's hard because as a therapist, as you know, it's hard to explain to an athlete, or anyone, you know, either to push through certain mm -hmm. types of pain or to recognize that it's not a, pain. a good yeah. pain and you need it to get yeah. fixed. Like there's such a yeah. fine line in yeah, between those. for <laughs> sure. And like so much I found like in the last couple of months is just been about education. Like so much has been just education, education, um, understanding, you know, like one of the writers I work with, um, you know, we tested her ankle mobility 
awful. Um, <laughs> knee, you know, rider, classic, knee pain, hip pain, back pain while riding. Um, you know, and she was like, I don't think ever, you know, and she's like similar age to me. She was like, that anyone, anyone's ever talked to me about my mobility in my life or how it actually affects how I move and could be, you know, causing me pain because I don't have the mobility. And, you know, like when I sprained my ankle 10 years ago and did just got told I sit and go home, <laughs> like she was yes. like, probably yes. should have done a little bit more. And I was like, probably should have. <laughs> but she was like, I went mm-hmm. to, you know, like a physio and they were like, that's, they did some tests. They were like, oh, the strength's back. You're good. Like off you go. Um, so I think, you know, like there's, there's benefits for everything, but I think when you, what you get from a strength and conditioning coach is, is someone who is dedicating their time to making you be the best that you can be as an athlete, but also like in day-to-day life, you know, um, mm-hmm. you have to be able to move, you know, we, or like the 20, 20 hours you're <laughs> like not playing sport, you know, like you have to be able to, to move well. So, um, you know, I would say a strength and conditioning coach is obviously more tailored to athletes um, versus general public. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great though, because I mean, if you think about athletes, 99.9% of them sadly are compensating Mm -hmm. in some way, or they had something at birth that, you know, shifted their posture Mm -hmm. or their gait. And it's great what you do because, and that's why I always love for someone to explain it because, um, you know, getting down to the root of the cause of someone's, I don't want to say imperfections, Mm -hmm. but imbalances per se can really benefit them, you know, in their actual competitions or day-to-day life, like just walking. Like if you teach someone different walking mobility function, then, you know, you can actually go a really long way. (laughs) So it's it's a huge plus. You know, it's, it's big, right? So yeah, I'd say that's our, our biggest like differences compared to say like personal trainers and stuff. Yes. 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 First, there's a big difference. Let me tell you. Yeah, I I definitely agree. (laughs) So what kind of, what kind of um, injuries do you typically deal with? So you mentioned like the MCL, which is super common. Um, You know, what other ones do you kind of Um, get into? I would say there's a few more common ones, like for different sports and and stuff that I'm exposed to. So um, like hockey, a lot of like impact injuries. So, you know, <laughs> we're still very physical in our, um, in our league. And, you know, so definitely like a few, like we have actually had a few like oblique injuries and things like that, which are like, you know, like mm. kind of almost crush injuries, like sternums and ribs kind of things. So from being like hit against the boards. Um, and then like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and then Mama Bear comes out and she's like, <laughs> Hey, my boy. Like, oh my gosh. It's so, it's so funny. Cause you go out and you either, you're like, all right, are you tired or are you injured? Like what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I know. Whereas I'm sitting in the stand being like, get up. Like, are you, yes. what's happening? Like, you're not moving. I don't like this. Somebody like give me an indication. Someone will be like, he's faking it. Mm-hmm. He's fine. <laughs> it looks so bad. Oh, and I'm like, those, yeah. 
I also don't like that. Those athletes drive me crazy though. And that's why, you know, it's not that I don't like soccer. It's just, my God, like (laughs) every time I go and work it, it's like, they fall yeah. down and then I run out, you know, first, you know, my first year I had a soccer um, game that I had to go cover. And I remember I ran all, like I sprinted like across that field and you know <laughs> that it's not a small field. So I sprinted, I was on my knees, I was ready to like assess and stuff. And you know what he says? He says, did you bring water? And I literally, I literally stood up and I walked right off the field <laughs> and the, I was like, I can't, like I, I just, the coach yes. was like, what's wrong? Like, did, is he injured? And I was like, do you have, uh, you know, a water bottle that he could sit on the bench with? <laughs> and he just died laughing. So it's, oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely, like, thankfully they don't do it often. But, um, yeah, a few groins, um, obviously from skating, you know. Um, definitely knees and ankles and basketball. A few shoulders. Um that kind of the big ones. Riders, it's often, um, I mean, I haven't had to deal with any too badly. Um, like, obviously, concussion is, is one. You know, we fall off our horses sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm working with a, an athlete right now, a really bad fall three years ago, uh, like broke her ankle. So, pins, multiple pins in there. Uh, I think she did bottom a tip fib in as well. So she really well and truly broke that. Um, but thankfully so far, it's more been like pain that I'm dealing with with riders. So knee pain, hip pain, back pain um, versus uh, like injuries that have related from external factors like falling off mm. and stuff. Um, so that's what I'm dealing with right now predominantly is that, apart from this rider who obviously had a massive uh, fall three three years ago. So, you know, the work that we're doing right now with her is, is huge and we're really seeing some improvements, which is Okay. Which is do you guys do modalities at all or taping? Is that something you guys do at all? Um, no. Okay. So... Like that's probably a big difference from New Zealand and here. So I know how to take people. I know how to do all of that. K-Tag, done it my whole entire career in New Zealand because, you know, I guess maybe we don't necessarily always have multiple people, you know. So often, you know, I would be everything. I'd be the strength coach. I'd be the trainer, you know, like that. You know, we don't have athletic therapists in New Zealand, so... Um, we just have physios. Um, so I would say I, w- I was pretty much like an AT in New Zealand. So these times that I take people over here, not gonna lie, my athletes will still be like, can you do it? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah. obviously it's, uh, you know, I try to be respectful to the therapist that we work with, but sometimes there's also times where they're not around and somebody needs it and they know I know how to do it, so I will do it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, like I'm learning. <laughs> not my box anymore. And uh, But it was hard because I just, like it was, like I really struggled to, to turn it off because it was so instinctual for me to see something and know how to help it and just go in there and like, want to do it and I've done sports massage back home and so you know like literally I worked with uh New Zealand cyclists for a long time in New Zealand and 
they'd come in and, you know, sit down in front of me and be like, Nads, can you release our traps? And I, because I'd just on the bike and I'd have these athletes sitting between, you know, my, my legs and I'd be sitting in the gym, like releasing all their traps and I'd be like, all right, headache's gone. Cool, we're ready to lift and, and off we go, you know, here. <laughs> like, in a lot more trouble, you know, because it's just, not normal but that was really hard for me to just turn that off and I've worked with amazing physios in New Zealand who've taught me a lot like how to do things like how to do certain stretches I've also like as I said they've taped me I've done taping courses so um that was a really big transition because I like learned especially in a university system that um you know to to stay in my lane I guess <laughs> yes it's the it's yeah. the professional box you know and yeah. that's you know it's it's it has its pros and cons like you know especially mm-hmm. when you're excited and you know exactly how to do it or how to tape it it's so easy for you to just do it you know what I mean do and, it like, yeah you know, and I don't even think that oh. I'm being disrespectful like it never comes from a place of disrespect it's yeah. just so instinctual for me to like see something wrong and be like oh I'm gonna go help that person because they need it and and like I said the majority of the time it's in a situation where there isn't a therapist around and so my instinct is to be like yeah I can help you with that sure like why would I say no to you like you need help I can help you so I know you know so it's a definitely was like a massive like learning curve you know I think I got myself in a lot of trouble in the first six months (laughs) but then everyone kind of worked you know got to know me and I was just like yeah like this it's never from a place of disrespect and I'm definitely learning this is a different system that I'm used to as well so Mm -hmm. um you know like I guess to your previous question around differences from New Zealand to here the biggest difference I struggled with wasn't programming and SNC it was working with other health professionals that I really like struggled with because it's a very different dynamic compared to back home so like that was probably my biggest struggle yeah. And, and it's definitely tough because, you know, you, mm-hmm. if you are used to going headstrong, like right in there, get mm-hmm. in, get out and do what you know best, it's hard to know what's best and still have to try and pull back a little bit. And yes, yeah. it's, I can't yeah. imagine that transition. <laughs> yeah. And like, even, you know, with our students, right? Like I really, <laughs> like, I'm like, sitting there almost like rocking being like oh my gosh can you see that can you like can you see that like please can you see that go fix that go fix that you know and like having to give them the opportunity to learn and and that you know but yeah it's like hard it's so instinctual in me to do that and sometimes I'm sure that I annoy some people I'm totally okay with that (laughs) um, it happens but I am definitely more mindful of it now um but ultimately, I will always put an athlete first. And so whenever someone has come at me, I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but I will always put the athlete first. And if that athlete is in trouble and they've come specifically to me and I can help them in that moment um, and you're not around, I'm going to put that athlete first. I'm sorry. Like, it's just how it's I happening. Run. It's so, just going to go down. <laughs> I'm going to communicate. I'm going to communicate with you about it. I'm not going to disrespect you like that. I'll communicate and let you know what's happened. But, you know, ultimately, um, and I think when you have those conversations um, and people understand where you're coming from, like I had that, uh, some like that situation happen this year with, you know, and the therapist was really great about it. You know, they were like, if that athlete 
prefers to go to you for that particular thing, then, you know, like, I'm not going to stop them. And I was like, well, I just want to have that open conversation with you because I don't, like, they are feeling torn because they don't want you to feel bad, but they just prefer that particular thing that I do, you know? Um, and it's game day, and it's game day, so, you know, and I was like, for that athlete, you know, that particular way that I work with them, they prefer, like, they liked it, and they felt good, so, you know, so it, it's tough, though, <laughs> and, like, shit, I'd be like, whoo! <laughs> I think I think all therapists have definitely been in that situation where they've, you know, ha, maybe forgot to communicate, and you know they just they just went for it. But yes, communication yeah. is so crucial. But speaking of yeah. something that you are extremely successful about, let's let's talk about your strong, you know, passion for what you've been building this whole time. Like, let's let's just talk about the strong rider. You know, what's what what is that all? out yeah it's my baby so um you know like I just I'm so happy like I you know that that's probably you know I'm so happy and just excited you know like I just as I have you know focused more on my own writing um and wanting to you know I, I have a trainer I work with um, so a horse trainer, not a <laughs> fitness trainer. Um, and, um, you know, the, the more that I had, was having lessons and the more that I was really connecting my body to what was happening while riding. And, you know, and she often says to me, you're one of my easiest clients to work with because you know how your body moves. So when I correct you and give you feedback, it's an instant change versus having to find all the multiple different ways <laughs> to tell yeah. someone how to like, you know, relax their body in a certain way and do this with their leg and do this with their core. And, you know, she can say to me like, yeah, relax your core or tighten up and bring that belly button in and I'll fix it straight away because I know the biomechanics that she's talking about. Um, and then I just was like, yeah, there's so many things. And, then it also came out of a bit of a fluky incident with a, a good friend of mine, one of my good friends. And um, I was staying at her house and her daughter had hurt herself. So she rides her daughter's ride. Um, and her daughter was around like uh, eight at the time, eight or nine. Um, and she'd fallen and she was like, look, I know you're not a physio, but do you think you could just put your hands on her and make sure she's not actually broken? <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do that you know <laughs> she was like okay cool and I was like she was like I just want to make sure she's not completely broken like I think she's just bruised but like you know you want to feel and make sure check it out yeah, yeah. so I was like yeah. all right so I put that like obviously like, you know I looked at where she'd hurt herself and I was like yeah that's gonna bruise for sure you got some swelling going on there and stuff um and it was around her hip and so I started um, you know, I started putting my hands on her hips and I was just feeling between like the height and then started playing around with her glutes. And I was like, wow, like, hey, Ava, your right glute is like a rock and your left is like a giant marshmallow, like <laughs> marshmallow rock, marshmallow rock. And like, so her mum was like, Oh, let me even feel. So here we are, this poor kid. She's jabbing her, her glutes, you know. <laughs> and she was like, wow. And I was like, yeah, your left side is just so different. And then I moved up to 
like shoulders because obviously in riding, you know, we use our upper traps a lot. And so I was like, yeah, man, like, yeah, we're going to play in the maracas on their back, you know, stuff going on. And so then her mom was like, that's so interesting because she, the pony she rides keeps running off on the left, you know? So when they go to jump, it's, you know, darting out to the left side. And I was like, yeah, she has no leg, no leg on that left side to actually keep that pony straight. So she's putting herself at risk of getting hurt because, you know, she can't, she physically doesn't have the strength in that left side to really keep that pony um, in line where it needs to go. And, and then obviously my friend was like, do me, <laughs> feel my body. So here I am. My turn. <laughs> all around her body and then I was like what on earth is happening with your left shoulder like it's so jacked <laughs> like what are you doing and she was like I said your hips your glutes are fine but like what is happening up here and she was like that's so funny my coach constantly says to me drop your left shoulder drop your left shoulder she was like I ride like I've got my shoulder around my ears and I was like yeah I oh can tell because you're so overdeveloped on this side <laughs> that it's funny <laughs> And so we started talking about that and like I, you know, and I gave them some exercises and I kind of went home and just was like, oh my gosh, like how many more people are like in this situation who have no idea like why, you know, like hearing a coach constantly saying that and like I've had that where I've had a coach before my current coach, you know, constantly being like heels down, heels down, heels down. And I was like, I freaking hear that one more time in this lesson. Like I am pretty much in calf cramp right now trying to get these damn heels down. And then I tested my mobility. Go figure, got none. Like it's nearly impossible for me at that time to get my heels down. So, you know, it's education for like coaches to be like, maybe rather than like repeating the same thing over and over with your students, it could be actually a reason with their body that is that it's responding in that same way, like over and over in a lesson. And you're seeing these things come up. It's not that they're trying to be a shit student. It's that maybe these things going on with their body that doesn't do it. And, you know, like I very rarely now since, you know, I've, I've worked on my mobility, do I have that said to me? You know, I still am right side worse than my left. So every now and again, she'll give me a reminder but like, I don't have that. And so, you know, I just saw and started talking to these other riders and hearing how much pain they were in. And I just was like mind boggled. And I was just like, you know, like, here's something that's my love. Like horses are my happy place, my soul time. Like if I'm sitting on a horse or in a barn, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm in heaven, I'm happy, you know, I'm good. Um, and the world, everything around it just disappears. And but I also love, you know, I love my sport. I love being a strength and conditioning coach. Um, I love working with athletes. And I just was like, why have I not thought about this sooner? And, um, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm very lucky. I work with a rugby player who is also a writer. Um, and I started talking to her about it. And she was just like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's a great idea. And then I spoke to my coach about it and she was like, Oh, I thought that about like nine months ago. I need to tell you and be like, why is Nadine not doing that? And I was like, you should have told me nine months ago. And she was like, yeah, I kept meaning to be like, have you thought about like, you know, working with writers, why would you not work with writers? And so 
that's how my baby got born. And, you know, like I'm on this amazing ride right now, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Unintended. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) Um, And I'm helping all these riders and it's just, you know, it, it blows my mind. Like I had a rider message me today. Um, we had this single leg balance, simple exercise, spell the alphabet with your leg. Very simple. Just stand on one foot and spell the alphabet with the other foot. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Could not. She could like, she could get up to E on her left side. E in the alphabet. That's it. That's all she could get up to. She did. She's been on my program two months. I put it back in her program. So she's on a brand new program this week. Crushed it. Messages, man. She was like, oh my God, I did the whole alphabet. (laughs) Three sets. The whole alphabet. And she was like oh my God, I can't believe I couldn't do this. Like I couldn't do this at all. Wow. And like, and so she's been trying to connect the dots between her writing and her, and her coach has been saying, you're so much more balanced. You're so much more balanced in the saddle and all of that. And then she has this moment today and I was like, honestly, you have no idea how happy I am right now. Like just Aww. the love that I have right now and the excitement and joy for you she was like, it was easy, like easy, easy. And I'm like, now I'm going to have to make it harder. <laughs> like, Yeah, I know. Like, now bring on the heat. <laughs> amazing. But like, you know, I was like, how's this going to go? It didn't go well the first time I gave it to her, you know, really struggled. Even on the right side, she's definitely weaker on her left. On the right side, she could get to maybe around R. But like today, both sides full alphabet. So you know, like I'm having these moments and I'm just like, you know, going, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, like it's a a little bit of like a, you know, spiritual moment sometimes, but I'm just like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and, um, you know, I was talking to my parents last week and, you know, my, even my dad, like my dad said to me, he was like, I haven't seen you this happy in a really long time. And he was just like, when you speak about your writers and like how you talk about them and how much you're helping them, you've done this and you had this feedback. He was just like, you light up like when you talk about it. And I'm like, it doesn't mean that I don't love my other sports I work with, but like, this is my baby right now. Like, this is all me. Like, this is my business. I'm not working for anybody else. This is all my love and, you know, work that I'm pouring into this, right? So, you know, like I had to kind of tell myself off a little bit though on the weekend and I used the, you know, negative word of like, oh, I hope, I hope I can help this person. And then I just stopped and I was like, what are you talking about? I know I can help this person, you know, and like just having, you know, changing that mindset and, you know, as I'm sure you can relate, like when you start something new, it's scary as shit, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The little self-doubts creep in every now and you're like, what am I doing? And, and stuff. Oh, so yeah, all the time, just be like, you know, what? I'm really good at what I do. And that's not coming from a place of arrogance. It's just, I'm backing myself that, that I'm good at what I do and I know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. Yep. And when you have, when you have those success stories, I think it, makes you know blending those two careers together or Mm. passions per se you know it really does confirm it for you that you are exactly where you need to be and I think it's so important to take every year as it is Mm -hmm. and and write down all your accomplishments within your career because 
when you have those moments of self-doubt or you're like, oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I plateauing right now? Or am I really helping people? You yeah. Know, I've had those questions all the time. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, you know what? You know, these last three years, you were able to do this, this, and this, or even just, you know, help someone functionally move better yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm still in the right place. You know, it gives you that confirmation. Yeah. And it's true. That's a really good idea, you know, because I think it's easy to forget or, you know, not feeling like you're achieving much. And even with this particular athlete as well, and this rider, you know, she was like, she really was like, you know, I feel better, but it just doesn't seem obvious, you know, because she's not lifting massive weights and she's, you know, like everything's body weight and, and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you have to just keep reminding yourself where you were at the start, you know, like you couldn't even do that, you know? (laughs) And yes, we still have lots of room for growth and improvement, but like also recognize where you have like come from and and that's huge. Yeah. And I like how you brought that exercise back because you also give that, that person confidence. Like I know when I am creating Mm -hmm. workout plans for um, my clients, you know, I create them for them and they say, oh, you know, I, I can't, you know, hold a plank for this long or I can't do a certain amount of guy pushups versus female pushups. And, you know, then four weeks later, you integrate it back in and, you know, they text you and they say, oh, I did this many. And it's just like, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta kind of throw it back in and, and, you know, yeah. it's so cool when you see the changes. That's, that's amazing. Oh yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. And yeah, you know, like ultimately that's what it's about. And, you know, and I love that you use the word confidence because that's ultimately what I'm trying to achieve through the strong rider program is to have more confidence when you're riding and, you know, like touch wood, it has been, I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I fell off a horse. Like I haven't fallen off in probably over 10 years. Thank God. Like a really <laughs> long time. Touch wood again. Please don't wood, yeah. um, but I truly believe that I haven't fallen off. There's been times where I probably should have fallen off and I've recognized that. But because I have a strong core, I've been able to react and balance myself. So that, you know, I, I was jumping a horse last year and this thing kept refusing, you know, and did I have whiplash the next day? 100%. But I didn't hit the dirt. Probably should have. Like, literally, just boom, keep doing this. Like, you know, I'm so sore the next day, but I didn't hit the dirt. Um, and I ultimately think it's because a lot of, you know, I'm strong. Like, I'm strong in my core, I'm strong in my balance. Um, you know, so, you know, I want to be able to give the confidence back and like my rider who had her accident three years ago, that's the biggest thing we're working on is her having the confidence to feel strong when she's riding so that if she gets put in a spot that's tricky, she feels strong enough and confident enough to cope with that situation. Mm. And, and that's huge. Yeah. yeah. So when you're creating these programs for these athletes, are you like, how do you kind of go through your assessments? Um, so some of them, I do like a rider audit, um, and that's obviously the ideal way to, for people to start. Um, but I've had to obviously diverge from that due to COVID. Yep. <laughs> um, but in the, in the rider audit, so I do a full mobility assessment, um, and then, uh, 
which involves a few different things. Um, and then I watch them ride. So then we do the assessment, look for like what's going on, screening different areas. And then I go and watch them ride. And then based on that, then look at what's going on. Um, then it's still your basics. Like, what do you want to be able to achieve? You know, what are your goals? Um, what are your likes, your dislikes? How much time do you have? You know, a lot of riders are busy. So, you know, a lot of the programs are not over 30 minutes because they're at the barn all day or they're there all night. So they don't have time, a lot of riders, to be working out. So it has to be convenient um, and easy enough to do, potentially with, with equipment, stuff they could do at the barn if they needed to or at home. So having that like flexibility to be able to work out in different locations is key and use with whatever you've got around you at the barn. Um, so that if you do get caught short, you can just that you're at the barn, you can do it there. Um, so a lot about practicality. Um, and then, you know, with riders, you know, again, depending on the discipline, you know, dressage versus show jumping versus eventing. Like eventers, definitely the more complicated program because they are doing all three disciplines um, versus what you need for if you're just solely a dressage rider. So that's, you know, number one thing. Like, what are you doing mm. on when you hop on your horse, mm. you know? Um, are you just, you know, a, or a Western rider um, or just a leisure rider and you're just going for a hack and, you know, that's all you're doing. Um, you know, I'm a brand new client last week and she's 71, you know? So, um, and she's still crushing it. But, you know, like for her, she does dressage, but she's on a really big horse and doesn't have strong enough legs to actually connect, you know? Yeah. And, um, so it's talking through all of those usual things, but then being like, what are the, some of the constant things you hear from your coach? Mm. What are the common themes that your coach keeps saying to you? Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, really understanding, talking about what are you, when you're riding, what do you feel? Like what happens when you ride? What are your things that you are always being told off by your rider? You know, like one rider always gets told off for like collapsing forward, you know? First week we found out she has literally no core, none. You know, so we were like, all right, well, that would explain why you get told that a lot in your lessons, you know. So going back to that and really just understanding the fact that there's a balance between what you're doing on land versus you're, at the end of the day, you're sitting on an animal mm -hmm. and you're sitting in a particular position doing particular movements within a horse, you know. So I have my modified squat where, you know, the not, instead of the heels being elevated, it's the toes elevated because that's the position that we're in when we're riding is that our, our heels are down, you know? So it's not me just doing a weird squat. It's I'm replicating the movement that actually they would do. And we do a lot of a very high horizontal row because that's often the position we're in. And you know what, like the jumpers do a lot of hinge work because they're in a hinge position all the time, hinge and core. Um, so, you know, really looking at the fundamentals of riding and what they do when riding because we're a very unique sport we're <laughs> you know the only sport that requires an external factor like a animal um that you have to work with you know and, and that's my you know my tagline is be a better teammate you know be a better teammate for your horse you put everything into your horse why would you not look after yourself because ultimately if you don't look after yourself 
you are not doing justice to that animal. Yeah. You know, you think you might be, but like you're actually harsh reality is you're not doing justice to that animal. Yeah. And you could be giving all the Cairo and massage and everything to that animal. But if you don't move well, you're just going to undo all of that work that's been done or that Cairo and massage and stuff. And it's just like you, you know, if you give your client exercises to do, like you could give the best massage and do all of that stuff. But if you don't follow up and do the homework that you've done, then that was, might've been a bliss for an hour. That, yes. that, that massage, but boom, like back to square one. Right. So, exactly. you know, there's a bit of accountability that I, again, in my clinics that I run is around that education and a bit of accountability of like, Hey, like we could probably all be doing a little bit better by our teammate, you know, yes. by just looking at ourselves a little bit. It's more. a little, <laughs> it's honestly the little things like, you know, when I do my yeah. assessment, sometimes I ask the client to, you know, show me exactly the position that you're typically in for work or, you know, in mm-hmm. the car, if you're a truck driver or whatever. And I'm like, show me yeah. what position you're in. And then we're going to go from there. Because, you know, if mm-hmm. I just assess someone on a table versus them standing or doing the functional movement that they typically do every day, yeah. then you're not really seeing the true colors of the person. So I, I love that your assessment is super thorough, um, you know, with the mm-hmm. movements as well as doing the, the, exercises that replicate the exact same movement that you are doing on the horse so that's wicked yeah how long are your your exercise programs typically like if you were to do um if you have an athlete come in how long is like the session for um most of them around 30 to 45 minutes um often they end up an hour because once you get horse people around, we end up talking for a good half an hour about horses before we actually exercise. But <laughs> um, I would say like 30 minutes of actual work, you know, like taking out like cool down, you know, like cool down takes longer, but you know, 30 minutes of like actually working out. Um, but again, it, you know, like one client that, you know, she wants to work out for 45 minutes, other ones like a hard 30 minutes. That's it. Like that's all I've got time for. Um, you know, she's a full-time riding coach she's a full-time writer, like that's her window is 30 minutes and, and I don't break that, you know, because I know her time's precious. So, you know, like you have to listen to your client and what's, what works for them. Um, another writer's like, yeah, I've got an hour. So like take all the time you want, you know? So I put in a little bit more of a longer warm up and a little bit of a longer cool down and stuff because I know that they aren't rushing. So, um, but I would say most are around like for the writers, honestly around like 30 to 45 minutes max. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, you can get a lot done in that amount of time. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would have to say I'm very, like I've always in my training as you know, in my career, I think I've always been a big, huge multitasker. Like if I can combine a couple of exercises together, I'm going to do that. Um, a, it challenges you anyway, like, uh, you know, when you have to use your whole body. So you know, whether it's a row, like a hinge and with a row or a lunge with a press or, you know, all sorts of like a squat with a push and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I do love doing those kind of complex kind of exercises um, as well because it also saves time, right? So, exactly. Um, and they're different, you know, if yeah. you're always, if you, you know, get the athlete to do the exact same thing every single time, it's like, Oh, we're going to do this movement again, or I always do planks or whatever it is. So, yeah. you know, combining movements are, are fun and new for a lot of yeah. people, right? Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So for someone who is looking for a strength conditioning coach, 
mm-hmm. um, who's an athlete or whichever, you know, how do they go about finding one in their local areas? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a tough one, right? Like it definitely is doing your research. Um, Word of mouth is huge, you know? So like getting recommendations, talking to people, doing your research, looking at the reviews, um, seeing if there's anyone you know or someone like who's connected, whether it's secondhand, third, you know, that has done something with a strength coach, um because you know like our reputation is our business right like you know um amen and it's what (laughs) that's what brings people back to us is our reputation um and that's like you can't pay for that marketing right um so you know i would encourage them to do their research definitely um don't be afraid to like not commit to something be like I'm going to try this out for a week and see how it feels because, you know, I'm also big on relationships. You have to vibe with your coach, you know, like not all personalities work together. So you want to find someone that's has the same values as you, um, you know, respects you in the way that you want to be respected. And, um, you know, you've got to find that match. Um, And if you're seeking that out, then you're the one with the power. You can find whoever you want to work with. Um, that you're going to have a good time with, get the results you want, right? And, and have that relationship because, you know, I'm huge on that. Like if I don't have a good relationship with my athlete, then it doesn't matter that I have 18 years because that, that honestly means nothing. You know, if they don't yes. respect me, if we don't work well together, then, you know, like it's, it's not going to last and it's not going to be fun for them and it's not going to be fun for me. So, um, yeah. You know, so I'd, I would encourage, there is like, you know, you can look up on the NSCA and you can register and things like that. I honestly don't know. I'm a little skeptical on that because anyone can, you know, you can pay your fee, you can go sit your exam. That doesn't mean you like are good at being a coach. It just means you pass an exam. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. But like yes. people ask me if I have that and the CSCS and I'm like, no. When I'm required that someone's like, will only hire me for that, then I will go and pay that $500 to sit it. But until I need to sit it, I was like, I'm paying $500 for you to say that I'm qualified. Well, like I can study and go sit that exam. It's not going to change me as a coach at all. So, you know, um, yeah. And I mean, there's coaches for everyone, right? And that's the greatest part is that, you know, every single therapist I find, you know, specialize in something, whether it's small or big, or if they take lots of courses. And it, it is really about the connection that you have with that person. I find, you know, that you can't please everybody, Like, yeah. you know, the style that you have or the 100%. bluntness you have mm-hmm. may not be something that someone will be interested in. And that is yeah. totally fine because yeah. there are thousands of other ones that you can go to. But mm-hmm. it's good to know where they can locate some if they are interested in going. Yeah, there. and, like, I totally respect, you know, like, you know, no, I'm not bagging, like, the CSCS and, you know, I'll probably still go and do it myself because I also understand that people look at it and they see that, you know, someone is certified and in, in that. Um, so I think it's still, like, a good thing to, for people to do and encourage them to do it. 
Um, and at least you know someone has made an effort to go through that and they have to do continuing education and stuff like that. But ultimately, I wouldn't be looking for that symbol. I, I would be doing my research on like, what have you heard about that coach? Like, what are they yes. like? You know? I find referrals are everything for our careers. Like, yeah. I, like if you've had a bad experience, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. You know, it's, you know it, yeah, it's, it's so true. Like, the, um, you know, the two athletes that I literally picked up yesterday, um, one of them I've worked with before, um, and he was like, oh, like my sister, like, sister wants to do it now as well. Like, she plays as well. And I was like, cool. Talked to the mum last night, and the mum's like, yeah, he speaks so highly of you, of when he's training with you. And so, we would love for you to work with our daughter as well and you know and I was like boom you know like it, that's not even about business like sure great I've got two new clients I'm just like yay I was like well I love working with your son too like it was great like and it makes me really happy to hear that he enjoyed his time with me and stuff and and that he's reached out to me again to you know reconnect and to program for him again like that's awesome you know so absolutely ultimately absolutely. That's, a, that's such, a, again, a huge part that I think, you know, as we talked about at the start of this, like with the younger generation coming through and just being like, you know, relationships count. They count a lot. If you yes. want me to speak on your behalf in particular and recommend you, then you best build a good relationship with me because I'm not just going to be a, like someone's reference for, for nothing. So... Yes. Yes. And I've, and I've had that conversation so many times with all different therapists about that Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, when people walk through your door and they're, I don't know what it is. It's like when I get a new patient, I get so excited because I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what, you are a new body, you're a new assessment. And you know, who knows who you will be to me, you know, because I've had clients that, you know, I've actually built a wicked rapport with. I've had them my whole career. Like they followed Mm -hmm. me through every single clinic that I've been able to work at. And Mm -hmm. it's really special because when you are able to make a difference in one person's life, it's amazing the people that come in sometimes after and say, oh, you know, so-and-so because, you know, you fixed them or whatever it is. And then you just, oh, it just feels so nice. It's such a good (laughs) feeling, right? Like, I mean, I've been in Canada obviously nearly three years and about three weeks ago, an athlete that I worked with in New Zealand reached out to me and said, hey, like, COVID's got me good. <laughs> I, I have a training camp in August. <laughs> I need your help. She was, she was like, I know you write the best programs. I know you're going to kick my butt in a nice way. Like, I need, like, can you get me ready in, like, for August? And I was like, yeah, you know, and she and like to know that you know when she was in this academy that I worked for like she didn't have to pay and like she was like I'll pay top dollar like name your price you know and this is someone who's like 22 being like you know saying that to me and it's three years later and she's reaching out to me to be like hey and I'm like that's huge I made a difference like I made a difference in her life when I worked with her that three years later she's like can you can you help me you know, like oh, that's another that. stuff that you just like love, right? It just like makes you feel amazing inside. So Yep. And that's why I love when people ask me, you know, why do you do the profession you do? It's like, oh, you better sit down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it's not for the money. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, we could yeah. be, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, but if we mm. were working 
extra tirelessly in their careers. I'm sure we would be millionaires if we really wanted to, but we would be burnt out to the max. Oh my goodness. But we, you know, I think that's why you and I connect so well because, you know, we both love our careers. You are Mm -hmm. truly excelling in your career. That is phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. You got a lot going on in a great way. And, and I'm, I'm so happy you got on this podcast and you were able to educate us on all this because, you know, someone may take this and run with it and go on your social media platforms, which will all be posted everywhere that the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the podcast will be, but we yeah. really appreciate you educating us. And and even for myself, I know a little bit more about the strong rider mm-hmm. and, you know, what a true strength and conditioning coach does. So thank Aww. you so much. Thank you, Lens. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Like, you know, uh, I wish uh, almost that people could see the, the video because, you know, like, uh, and hopefully it comes across through uh, the podcast is, you know, that I think, you know, the joy, I think, uh, and our voices when we talk around, you know, I think you can't deny that and, and it's huge. So I love talking to like-minded people who, you know, like it's, I think, reassuring to be able to chat to a like-minded person and be like, all right, I'm not the only person grinding out there who like loves my athletes, <laughs> loves what I do, um, and can re- like appreciate that and respect that, and and know that we're just trying to lift each other up and you know support each other. So, you know, I'm so grateful for you to like for this opportunity um, and for like chatting to me. So, you know, sending some kick-ass people your way uh, up to Barry. <laughs> so if I know anyone's going your way, then. Um, I'll 100% be sending them your way. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in to another Lattes uh, with Lindsay episode. Until next time, cheers. (laughs) 